Welcome to the Create an Athlete podcast, your guide to raising a future college sports star. I'm Steve Edelson, columnist with the Asbury Park Press, and I'm joined by my colleague, Jerry Carino. And Jerry, today we have an interesting subject and one that we really haven't delved into very deeply on the Create an Athlete podcast yet. What is going on inside the heads of young athletes and how can we as parents and coaches help shape that and push the right buttons? And we're going to hear from an expert. Yeah, it's going to be interesting stuff. And we're going to be joined by Amy Baltzell. She's an executive board member with the Association for Applied Sports Psychology. We're going to get to that interview in a second. But first, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what you think of this episode, what you've thought of previous episodes, and what you want to hear in the future on the Create an Athlete podcast. So reach out to us, and you can do that in a number of different ways. You can do it on Twitter, at Create an Athlete. You can do it on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Create an Athlete. And you can reach out to us on email, createanathlete at gannett, G-A-N-N-E-T-T dot com. And now our interview. So we're joined on the Create an Athlete podcast by Amy Baltzell. And Amy, um, this is a subject we really haven't delved into very much, you know, in the youth sport field, kind of the mental side of the game. And, and that's something that you deal with a lot. Uh, tell us a little bit about, about that. So I run a graduate program in sports psychology. But in ter- and in terms of youth sports, um, I've written a book called um, Whose Game Is It Anyway? It was about 10 years ago, looking at the challenges in youth sport and really um, Wait to help the kids with the challenges, uh, the psychological side of things. Is this something that maybe is kind of undervalued in the youth sport world, the mental side of the game? You know, I think what's happened is with the professionalization of sport, it's been trickling down. And so it used to be there's this, I think, this kind of like uh, time, kind of like this sweet time of sport where it was just really about play and fun and friendship. And um, the pressures of performance are trickling down to, you know, eight years old. <laughs> they're like the little kids, you know, they're coming up. Uh, and so I think that uh, we need to kind of catch up with um, what we're putting on the kids in terms of amount of time they're practicing and expectations for performance. We also have to offer them some help to, to how, how to best deal with that to so, get the most out of, out of what they're doing. So, Amy, you, you touched on this a little bit, but what are some of the biggest, most frequent issues that you see? What are the things you hear most often that you have to address in this role? Performance anxiety, kids feel pressured. The, the message that kids get that <clears throat> if you win, you're worth something, and if you lose, you're not. At eight years old? Uh, well, eight years old is an exaggeration. Okay. But certainly by the time they're, um, you know, let's see, what would I say? Uh, 12, 10, wow. 12, it's starting to show up. Still pretty I young. mean, I'm, I'm a parent. I'm also a parent of kids. I've got ages um, 12, 14, and 16. Um, and the amount of pressure those kids feel and the way some parents um, and some coaches and some coach, you know, systems, um, how they work the sports system, I think the kids are experiencing great pressure. So that's one of them, pressure, the pressure to perform, a pressure, uh, performance anxiety for a 12-year-old, which yeah, is remarkable. I mean, what else, what else, Amy, do you hear? I mean, out-of-control out of parents, and, and, you know, this is actually very embarrassing, and I, <laughs> maybe we should put this on the podcast, but um, the other day, my 12-year-old is a starter for a boys' travel basketball team, and she's a girl on a boys' team, and um, the, uh, the opponent, there was a six-foot, overage kid, 40 pounds heavier, still knocked her on the ground a number of times, 
And, you know, um, the, the, um, uh, the pressure the kids feel, the, 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 uh, I think the physical danger that they are put in, you know, there's, <laughs> So was, like, some, was someone taking the, was someone taking this kid aside, Amy, and saying, "Hey, we're well, twelve years old." Was, it was interesting. Well, this is what happened, and, and this is what they embarrassed me for me. But um, the coaches are watching, and the, and there's a hundred people watching this game, and she got knocked down a number of times, and no one said anything. And I, as a parent, I shouldn't have done this, but I said, "This is ridiculous," you know. And the game stopped, and the refs look up and they say say to the boy, "Like, hey, just stop, stop doing that," you know, like just just let's just, just, just start playing clean. But no one was going to do anything about it, you know, unless I, as a parent, stepped in, which was maybe inappropriate. I mean, in the social world, you think it's not the right thing to do at the same time. I felt like my kid was in uh, physical danger. But oftentimes we just watch and let it happen. You know, we, oh, it's just part of sport. It's just how it's supposed to happen. But I don't know. That's pretty amazing right there. But... Yeah, I, I would just think you as... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it was totally, totally appropriate intervention yeah. on your part, by the way. Absolutely. Well, I don't know. You know, I mean, I was, I, I was feel, I felt really badly about it for many hours after, but then you think about the scandal that happened with the gymnast where over 150 girls were abused and no one, no one knew and no one said anything because we're just taught to just stand back and allow the coaches and the sports team to do what they do and we're just supposed to be quiet and we're supposed to accept the environment the kids are in and the maybe the abuse that some of the kids experience from the coaches, like, which is a step back. And I don't, I think we need to revisit that and think like what, what is, uh, you know, healthy and right for our kids. Well, it's interesting because you're a parent, but you're also a professional in this field. Right. You know, where... where <laughs> don't rub it in. I know. <laughs> well, well but, but most of the other parents yeah. clearly are not, do not have the training that you right. have. So, I mean, this is, there's a lot of landmines out there for the, for them uh, along the way. Yeah. Right. So I, w- I would think, I don't know, what advice do you give them? I mean, is is there, you know... Uh, you know, I think if I look, you know, that episode is certainly it's still in my theory, in my, my my memory, and in my heart. And I think that um, if, if, if I was to do it again, um, I think I would have, at the first time the whistle was blown, I would have walked over to the refs and said, this game's out of control. Um, the coach's not doing anything. You're not doing anything. If someone's going to get hurt, you're the refs. You need to step in. And if you don't step in, I'm taking my kid home. I think that's what I would have done. Because I think as parents, we're responsible to make sure our children are safe. So why, why is this sort of thing happening? I mean, we've established now that kids are feeling think, this pressure, you know, but why? Yeah, I think that we as a culture have bought into the biggest, the best, the strongest, those who win matter the most, you know? And so I think that we're putting that above um, everything else. And I, I understand that Winning does matter, but, you know, if you look at developmentally, I mean, kids develop at different rates. And so if you're going to judge who is great at age 8 or age 9, and you're going to value that and give the attention to that kid, you're missing out on so many other kids that could could develop and, and be and contribute and get value, you know. Well, so I, I think that the overemphasis on winning and being successful right now in this moment in this game is overriding the development um, the best development of our, of our, of our children in, in, in our country. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, let's face it, the, these are competitions and, you know, one team wins yeah. and, and one team doesn't. But I don't know, is it, has it gotten out of hand? Is there too much emphasis placed on winning right now? Or, you know, I, are, are I these kids? I think there is. Yeah. I think there's overemphasis on winning and there's underemphasis on development because if you are just taking the kids who are, you know, um, 
you know, at this exact moment, the best in the team, it doesn't mean those kids will be the best in the team in six months from now or 12 months from now or two years from now, you know? So I think we're, um, and I also think we're overtraining our kids. There's too many games and not enough practice. I can't tell you how many times the coaches want us to go travel, you know, two hours to play a game when we could just be playing down the street. And that's everyone around the country is doing this. That's you know, we're all spending so many hours in cars, so many hours in games where a lot of the kids are sitting on the bench, you know, and they're not developing. That's a great point. Uh, and we've heard that a lot, actually, in, in different conversations we've had for this podcast. And just anecdotally, too many games, not enough practice, too much instant gratification yeah. search, not enough yeah. long-term development view. And that's, that's right. really fascinating, Amy, that hear you say that. To hear, we've heard coaches say it. So that's, you know, yeah. that, that, I mean, high-level yeah. coaches, too. Yeah. And, and then the other thing is, you know, it's interesting, you know, it, you know, I think the thing that's really missing and probably the, the piece that maybe I can contribute most to is this idea of if we're putting so much pressure on our kids, um, we need to give them some skills to deal with it, mental skills to deal with it. Um, there was a really wonderful study. This is like 25 years ago, um, Hanton and Jones, 1999. But they did a study looking at, like, top um, U.S. swimmers, and they were, they were able to see that these kids learned at a very young age. These are kids like around 18, 20. But back when they were 10, 11 years old, they had parents and coaches that taught them to deal with, um, to interpret their anxiety as, as it's normal. Um, it's okay to have feelings of fear and anxiety and dread, and that you can use that energy to help yourself with performance. And most kids aren't taught that. Most kids think they have to be confident, they have to feel together to perform well. Instead of understanding that when the pressure's up, most people feel uncertain, <laughs> most people don't feel confident, and that's okay. You know, so there's some basic messages like that I think that we need to get to our kids. We're joined by Amy Baltzell, a sports psychologist. And Amy, you know, obviously some athletes are going to develop and are clearly going to stand, you know, above the others as we move through youth sports and into high school and are, cool. you know, yeah. have, have those dreams of playing at the next level in college. Um, is there, I don't know, do they need to start working on the mental side of the game, you know, just in terms of kind of building that foundation for, uh, you know, if they are going to play in college, things like that? No, I think, I, I think you know, working on the mental game, I don't think they have to do extensive training on the mental, mental game. At, at the same time, I think that um, maybe even particularly those most gifted ones need to be exposed to, how to work with your mind um, if you um, to help optimize performance. I can't tell you how many athletes I've worked with, and particularly lately, where you know, they were the superstars and, you know, youth sports superstars in high school. And then they hit college or they hit the elite level, and all of a sudden they're dealing with thoughts and feelings, experiences they've never had to tolerate or face, and they have no idea how to handle it. So I think that education can be really helpful to, for, for, for all kids, just basic information about um, how do you handle performance anxiety? How do you handle if you're distracted? How do you handle if a coach is highly critical and it's kind of getting under your skin? How do you handle these things? And so when these things arise, you know what to do with them. So I think, I think yes, that um, all kids, even if they're the super talented ones, could benefit from some basic mental skill training. So, Amy, first of all, I want to say that sounds like a fantastic piece of advice going back to what you said earlier about uh, – because I'm a sports parent, of, I have an eight-year-old son in basketball and a six-year-old daughter in soccer, and they're just exploring it, and it's, every, you know, it's all clap, yeah. clap when they do well. But, 
But um, it's fantastic advice and counterintuitive, I think, a little bit to say to kids, it's okay to have anxiety instead of be, co- be confident. You know, that's, that's not the first thing that will come it, to mind, but it's really good advice right. as I reflect on it. I mean, it's, 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 in my mind, like the new cutting-edge way of helping top performers. That's like my million-dollar answer. Everyone tell you, can't be confident. Just let it go. Just next play. Just let go. Just let it go. And it's like, who can do that? Can you do that? <laughs> you yep. get upset or self-critical. Can you just let it go and go put your head in the next point? You probably not. I mean, maybe you can, but most people can't. I can picture that. My, so then, my son heeding that, that advice well, and I'm going to use it with him if he gets upset about awesome. something that happens on the court. So thank you. Um, and I wanted, a second thing I wanted to now ask you is that, um, and you touched on this a little bit, having how a young athlete might handle getting you know, having a coach, I don't know, yell at them or ride them or be tough on them. One thing we hear a lot from people of a certain age, uh, you know, in the uh, covering high school sports and college sports is that kids, young people can't handle criticism anymore like right. they used to in the old right. days. And what? Right. how much of that is yeah. true? And how, what would you advise people on balancing sensitivity with being able to take, you know, stern direction? Well, say, I would, I would agree that that is a new trend, but I would say it's a trend because, when, you know, 20, 30 years ago, we used to play, and we played because it was fun, and we could handle losing, we could handle a little criticism, because um, most of it was just about being engaged, doing your thing, but now, it's about you're successful, you're the best, you're nothing, you're worthless, so that's the message the kids are getting, so, of course, when they're criticized, that means they're not, you know, um, they're not as good as they think they should be, and they're embarrassed, and um, if all that matters is being super successful, and in that moment, you're not, it's crushing, you know, so I don't think it's the kids are getting weaker. I think that the, the way the system they're in has changed. The system that we were in isn't what they're in anymore, you know. And so um, I think a lot of kids, just, when they get criticized, they just shut down because it's really hard to keep trying um, in a world where if you're behind uh, and it feels badly um, and you're not celebrated for trying, you know, it's hard to keep keeping it. Are there certain, uh, you know, youth sports kids, or probably more like young adults, you come across who you say, wow, you know, just I can see that this kid has, like, an incredible mental toughness and, and maybe has what the traits that, you know, could carry him a long way in, in this sport or, or yeah, things like that. Sure, I've seen that. I've seen that. But when I see it, I don't think to myself that's a trait. Because I think of a trait as kind of, you know, maybe it's a semantics as a professor, but I, I got to say it. You know, I think it's a trait as something that's like enduring across um, time and experience. I think that um, some kids instead may have learned some like m- mental strength um, that um, have been developed, maybe not on purpose, but maybe who they've been exposed to, maybe um, environments they've been exposed to that helps them be able to be more resilient. Maybe they've been around people who model hope, or, and so they can they can take that on. So I think I, I really do believe that all all kids can learn how to be resilient. All kids can learn how to bounce back. Last question for me, Amy. This is Jerry, and uh, I thank you for this. It's been so insightful. But my question is, and you mentioned models. Uh, are we are we right or wrong uh, on target or misguided in terms of pointing to you know high profile athletes as models for these kids, encouraging them to look up to you know, a star athlete, or should we, should we set our sights in a different place for them to look to? That's a really interesting question. I mean, I think the hard thing is that we have a lot of assumptions what these, like, superstar athletes are thinking and feeling and how they're handling things. It looks like they're confident. It looks like they're at ease. It looks like, you know, but what's really going on inside their minds and hearts, we don't know. 
people who are great athletes who also exhibit and are willing to share how they're able to do it, that to me is a great model, role model. Amy, we ask all our guests here on the Create an Athlete podcast this, um, and it really is <laughs> just. Re- <laughs> no, it's actually it's not a tough question, but it's a good okay, question good. in that if you had to give one best piece of advice uh, on this subject to a parent, you know what would it be? I would say um, celebrate what your kid does right when they try hard, when they are, you know, tolerate a difficult situation and you think they handle it with poise and respect, um, when you feel like, um, so it's like praising the process, praising who they are out there in the field regardless of the outcome, acknowledge their effort, acknowledge their response to people when when they're, again, respectful, kind, celebrate the goodness in them. Terrific. Amy, great advice. Uh, We've really enjoyed having you on the Create an Athlete podcast. Oh, thank you so much. What an honor. So um, good work, you guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, Amy. Great stuff. You take care. Star Trek, Star Wars, Batman, Harry Potter, Marvel. Everyone is a fan of something. The Fan Theory Podcast explores pop culture weekly. Co-hosts Alex Bice and me, Felicia Wellington-Riddell, talk features and fan faves with guests like William Shatner, Kevin Smith, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Simon Pegg, Vivica A. Fox, and so many more awesome creators behind your favorite books, movies, TV, music, video games, whatever Disney is doing, which is all of the things. So check us out. You can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Visit app.com slash fantheory and join the adventure. Well, Joe, that was a that was a very interesting interview, and I don't know. I I can see you kind of running out on the field and and yelling at the referee at some point uh, over over something that's gone wrong. All right, I've never had an apoplectic <laughs> fit on the sidelines. We've I've been through two soccer seasons. And I'm almost done with one basketball season. I've had no freakouts at anybody, and you know I haven't seen any reason to get involved or intervene. But if I saw that, yeah, I probably would say something. But yes, I probably would take someone aside and say, hey, we can't have this, you know? Well, it's interesting because this is a woman who is a professional in this field and finds herself in this situation. So imagine all of these other parents who don't have this background, who are in these situations. I mean, it's a, it's a tough, tough thing. Right. And we've seen, we've been around youth sports enough and high school sports enough to see you know, parents getting carried away, um, officials or coaches letting things go on that shouldn't go on, extracurricular activity. you got to lay down the law at some point. But it's interesting for her to note that, and kind of the point she was getting across is that, you know, you, you, you can really, I don't know, scar is the right word, but you can really create anxiety for kids if you don't make it fun, if you don't make it about, you know, development and enjoyment and experience rather than results and being the best. And that's something I'll take away from it. And Steve, it's great advice because I've had, you know, my son who played soccer, he didn't like it. Um, One of the big things was, uh, you know, he just, he felt like he wasn't good enough or he wasn't succeeding enough. And we try to make him confident, confident, confident. But, you know, next time something goes wrong on the court, I'm going to put my arm around CJ and say, hey, 
It's okay to be upset. It's okay to get down a little bit. You know, you'll bounce back. It's all right to feel like that. Your, your feelings are, you know, they are what they are. And it's, it's part of growing up and part of being a youth athlete. So I think there's a lot of valuable stuff there. Um, you do hear horror stories. I have a friend, I think I've mentioned this before, who runs a, a big soccer tournament uh, in, a, in a Monmouth County town that will remain nameless uh, <laughs> every Thanksgiving. And, you know, he has to eject, you know, four or five people every year from the tournament. He has like a blacklist of people who can't come. This is youth <laughs> soccer. So what's going on? So, yes, the loss of perspective, it's, and it's funny for us to laugh about, but when you, when you look at it through the lens of a child, it's a little bit scary, I bet. So we got to do better. Yeah, and I think, you know, she gave great advice, and I think one of the big takeaways from what she was talking about is the pressure that we are putting on these kids at an early age to perform. And she talked, you know, she's talking about performance anxiety with kids as young as 12, you know, and, and as you can imagine, as a kid rises through the ranks in sports, youth sports into high school, that pressure is only getting greater and greater. And that's something that parents really have to be aware of. One thing I'm surprised at in the youth leagues I'm encountering, Steve, is that, you know, they're keeping score at an early age. So like my in the soccer league, they don't keep score. They play these games, but they really don't keep score. But in the basketball league, I mean, my son just picked up a basketball for the first time, I don't know, two months ago. So he's in second grade. I was in fourth grade the first time I played basketball. I don't know how, how old you were, organized basketball. Yeah, pr- probably third or fourth grade. My son's in second grade. So he just, I got him a ball. He literally just started dribbling a ball. And he's doing okay. But but they have games. They're keeping score. I'm like, no, how can you keep score? <laughs> these kids don't even know how to dribble, you know? So they've been playing these games at the end of their practices. And then they're not keeping score with those. But, like, the kids are asking the, the adults, like, did we win or lose? And I... I just lie to them every time. I'm like, I don't know. I wasn't keeping track, you know. Of course, I know in my head how many balls went in. (laughs) But I don't want to tell them. I don't want it to be about that. But, like, in a week or two, they're going to start actually having a scoreboard, which is just wild. And I I think that's counterproductive. That's what she's talking about. Well, I I literally can remember the first time playing baseball, organized baseball, when we had a scoreboard. And I remember being fascinated by the scoreboard, you know, and you're watching it all the time. And, you know, I'm sure it's like that for these kids, you know. Well, this is big time now. You know, there's a scoreboard, we're keeping score, we're... And, you know, everything that comes with that. Yeah, so, I hope that's a positive. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> right. We'll see. I don't want my son obsessing over the scores, you know. At second grade, I mean, that's not good. The other thing is she mentioned that we've heard from before that was interesting is the practice, is the value of these games and the traveling yeah. versus just practicing. Mm-hmm. And one thing I'll say about my kids is that they, they love practicing. So they, they have no problem. It's the parents who, like, need to keep score, I think. The kids love practicing. I've never heard a complaint from them. This is the second year of organized sports. Why don't we just practice? Can we play games? No, they like practicing. So why why are we forcing games on them? Right. And I think more practice, you know, better skill development, less pressure. Right. You know, who, who can complain with that? I think one of the big complaints with, you know, AAU basketball is, you know, people say, well, these European kids have better skills because they don't just run around the country playing in tournaments all the time. You know, they're, they're working, they're practicing, they're getting coached um, rather than trying to showcase themselves as individuals. And uh, so I, I think there's a lot to that in terms of practice and more practice. The traveling is interesting, too, because, yeah. you, you know, why travel when there's so many kids within, I don't know, 
a, a couple of blocks of where you live? Why travel <laughs> to play these games? Like, you have your whole life to travel, you know? Right. We drive everywhere for this job, you know? They, they're going to be tra- commuting their whole lives. Why travel at a young age? And I think when you travel and you're investing this time and the parents are traveling, it adds, like, a sense of urgency to it, maybe. So, like, it's better just to stay local, I think. And this is... This is another part of the thing is it's okay to be in your rec league. It's okay just to practice. You know, that's, I don't know if the genie's out of the bottle, Steve, but she brought up some good points that maybe if we go back to the old ways a little bit where you play locally and you practice a lot, that's not so bad for development of a young mind. Well, you know, uh, I played organized sports all seasons from a very young age growing up. But some of my favorite memories are, you know, playing street hockey you know, with my friends, getting on our bikes with all our equipment and going across town to play an, another group of kids we knew, things like that. I mean, that uh, those were great memories right there. Yeah, and, and you hope that, he, that, that still exists on some level, but if we're going to have organized sports for youth, I think the perspective of uh, making it about development and about having fun and the experience, that doesn't mean you can't get better, but the experience rather than a bottom-line results in some some oversized kid knocking other kids to the ground. That's not what you want it to be about. That's kind of what I get out of it. Well, you know, and I think one of the things she touched on also in the interview is as kids, you know, get into the higher levels and are trying to play in college, you're going to get to college and you're going to get knocked down for the first time. Let's face it. Wherever you go, there's going to finally be someone better than you. And, you know, you're going to have to deal with that. So, kind of the, the mental foundation you lay, that mental toughness, I guess, in high school is going to be important as you move forward and you know, may well be part of you know, whether you succeed or not at the next level. And one last thing that was interesting also, we, we hear a lot, Steve, about kids aren't tough now, they're weak, they're soft, not like they used to be. They used to be Iron Men, you know, now they're soft. And maybe she's right, maybe the kids are the same, and they probably are. Like how much do kids really, that's human nature, right. how much did it really change? Maybe the paradigm's changed. Maybe, you know, the, the situation around them has changed to where, uh, yeah, it's one thing to get yelled at if you're just playing ball. It's another thing to get yelled at when you when this suddenly becomes the most important thing. It's life or death, and then you're told you're no good. That can really cut deep. And so maybe we're, maybe we're piling on a lot of importance. And, you know, we, they've, kids have always been yelled at, but when they're yelled at and when the thing is so overly important to them, it hurts a little bit more, and they might tend to recoil and have a negative impact. I mean, that's a good point, something to think about. Well, that's great. I mean, I think it's a good discussion, and I think it's one that we really don't have enough of. And uh, so I'm glad we covered it here on Create an Athlete Podcast. So that's it for this episode. And again, we want to hear from you, and you can reach out to Jerry directly on Twitter, at NJHoopsHaven, or you can reach out to me, at Steve Edelson, APP. Until next time, thanks for joining us. Bye.